Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. C-O-L-G-A-T-E, Colgate presents Bill Stern. With the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, with stories rare. Take his advice and you'll look keen. You'll get a shave that's smooth and clean. You'll be a Colgate brushless fan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern bringing you the 358th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Featuring strange and fantastic stories. Some that are legends, others mere hearsay. But also interesting, we'd like to pass them along to you. Our guest tonight, in person, is the lovely movie star, Miss Ann Rutherford. But before we bring you Ann Rutherford, let's begin with real one. Portrait of a horse race. Did you ever stop and wonder how certain places got their names? Every city was named for a definite reason. And yet the reason behind the naming of one place in particular is a great sports story. For it's the story of a racehorse. A racehorse that changed the course of history. Back in the 17th century, Charles II was king of England. And at that time, King Charles II owned a handsome racehorse, which he claimed was the fastest horse in all of England. However, one of the king's closest friends, an admiral in the British Navy named Sir William, also owned a racehorse. And Sir William also boasted that his horse was the fastest in England, even faster than the king's. In fact, Sir William was so positive that his racehorse could beat that horse owned by King Charles II that he offered to bet the king 80,000 pounds in gold that his horse could beat the king's horse. The king accepted the bet. And so, a race was arranged between the horse owned by King Charles II and the horse owned by Sir William. It was a thrilling race, and for the first half mile, the horses pounded along neck and neck. But as the mile mark was neared, gradually that horse owned by Sir William began to draw away until, as the horses galloped over the finish line, Sir William's horse beat the king's horse by two lengths. However, after the race was over, when Sir William tried to collect the 80,000 pounds they'd bet on that race, the king refused to pay. Time after time, Sir William tried to collect this huge fortune that he'd won, but the king always postponed payment. This kept up year after year, until finally, Sir William died. He died without ever collecting the 80,000 pounds that the king owed him from the horse race. After Sir William's death, his son inherited this claim against the king, and the son set out to try and collect this debt just as his father had. However, the king was no more inclined to pay this huge amount to the son of Sir William than he had been to pay it to Sir William himself. But the son vowed that somehow, someday, he would collect this racing bet. And then, then one day, the son had an idea. And he immediately went to the king and he said, Your Majesty, as you well know, you once bet my father 80,000 pounds in gold that your horse could beat his horse in a race. And you also know that my father's horse won that race. Yet you have continually refused to pay the 80,000 pounds you owe. Now, Your Majesty, I no longer ask for that payment in gold. Instead, I ask that you give me the equivalent in land. Give me a grant of land in the new country you call America. It is your land to give, and I will accept this land in the new country of America in full payment of our racing debt. The King of England was delighted to be rid of this debt so easily. After all, land in the new country of America was plentiful. He could give away as much as he wished. And so, to settle a racing bet, King Charles of England gave a tract of land in the new country of America to Sir William's son. And shortly after this, Sir William's son sailed for America to claim the land that the king had given him. And upon arriving in America, this son of Sir William settled on this property and started a colony. This colony became the most prosperous colony in America. And the son of Sir William named this colony after himself. For you see, his full name was William Penn. 
and he called his colony Pennsylvania. But that's not the end of the story. For the strangest part of the story is that William Penn, who founded Pennsylvania because of a horse race, immediately made horse racing illegal. Portrait of Pennsylvania. A state that still doesn't allow horse racing and yet was founded because of a horse race. Real two. Frankie Frisch, now boss of the Pittsburgh Pirates, shaves with Colgate Freshless, the shave cream of champions. But here's what Frankie Frisch recently wrote me. Dear Bill, I didn't believe there was a brushless shave cream that could soften my tough whiskers, but I changed my mind after you got me to try Colgate Brushless. Now I get fast, smooth, comfortable shaves with all the speed and convenience of Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Thanks a lot. Signed, Frankie Frisch. Well, the boss of the Buccaneers is only one of the champions who's glad he switched to Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Let me say it again. Colgate Brushless Shave Cream is not greasy and it's not heavy. It's light and it's right. Right for every type of beard, particularly for tough whiskers planted in a tender skin. That's where Colgate Brushless really performs. What real shaving satisfaction it is to find this light, fluffy cream stays on the job. Keeps moist to the last razor stroke. Holds your whiskers upright so your razor can cut through and not slide over them. And at the finish, the Colgate Brushless rinses off in a flash. You won't want a greasy cream on your face once you try this light, fluffy shave cream. Take me up on it. And if you're not satisfied with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, just send back the top of the carton to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey, and I'll see that you get double your money back. Ask for the convenient five-ounce jar of Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. It's light and it's right. Real three. Profile of Friday the 13th. Today is Friday the 13th. Have you ever heard the superstition that Friday the 13th is unlucky? Well, frankly, I don't think there's anything to that superstition. But since Friday the 13th is supposed to be unlucky, we started checking to see if this date had ever affected any sports figures. And we came upon an amazing sports story. For two of the greatest pitchers in baseball history, the great Rube Waddell and the first Wild Bill Donovan were both born on the same day. They were both born in October of 1876 on... A Friday the 13th. And, according to the story, both, both died tragic deaths and went to their graves on other Friday the 13th. But we've only begun this story. For not too many years ago, reputedly, two men and a youngster were all together in a small town. Their names were Eddie Grant, Ernie Schaff, and Bill Cummings. Eddie Grant was the first of these three to become famous. He became a famous baseball player with the New York Giants, and he broke in on a Friday the 13th. Ernie Schaff was the second of these three to achieve fame on a Friday the 13th, for he became a famous prize fighter, and he fought for the heavyweight championship of the world. And the last of these three to become famous on a Friday the 13th was Bill Cummings, who won the auto racing championship of America. Strange, isn't it, that Eddie Grant, Ernie Schaff, and Bill Cummings, the only three men from this one town to ever achieve sports fame, should all achieve their fame on a Friday the 13th. But it's even stranger when you realize that each one of these men died a tragic death and was buried on another Friday the 13th. But this kind of coincidence is nothing new for athletics. In fact, once before, according to history, Friday the 13th shook the sports world. For it was back in April of 1844, on Friday the 13th, when the most sensational sports story of the century appeared in headlines on the front page of the New York Sun, a story that had the newsboys yelling, a American twin balloon race by flying across the Atlantic Ocean. Americans fly balloon across the Atlantic Ocean. A win race. It's your baby, Mr. Hexter, Hexter. Read all about it. That was a sensational story. 
And on that Friday the 13th, the nation gasped in amazement, only to find out that the story... The story was a hoax. No Americans had flown across the ocean. A reporter had made the story up. And so, a newspaper reporter was promptly fired for an untrue story that he'd written on Friday the 13th. But that jinx had only begun for this reporter. For two years later, his wife died. And strangely enough, she was buried on another Friday the 13th. And shortly after this, this reporter himself died. And he, too, was also buried on a Friday the 13th. But that reporter is not remembered because of Friday the 13th or because of the famous phony story that he once wrote on another Friday the 13th. But he is remembered as America's most famous poet for his name was Edgar Allan Poe. But there is one more sports figure who must be included in this story of Friday the 13th. For this man was once one of the fencing champions of Germany. But like these other sportsmen, according to the story, he too died a tragic death on a Friday the 13th. But Friday the 13th was not a jinx for this sportsman. For he once wrote a melody, a melody that will live forever. His name was Richard Wagner. And strange as it seems, on this one day, which always means sorrow, misery, and death, on this day, he wrote the song that's always meant love, laughter, and happiness. For it was on a Friday the 13th that he wrote The Wedding March. Portrait of Friday the 13th. And a musician who broke a tradition. Real four, in just a moment, we'll present our special guest, the lovely movie star, Miss Ann Rutherford. But before we bring you Ann Rutherford in person, here is Charles F. McCarthy. Let in the light, man, meaning that light, fluffy shave cream, Colgate Brushless. Yes, it's light and it's right. Because it's light and fluffy, Colgate Brushless shave cream spreads fast, performs in a one, two, three. One, wash your face. Two, smooth Colgate Brushless on. Three, shave it off. A painless, pleasant shave, my friends. No pull, no snag, no after irritation. Don't you think it's time to switch to Colgate Brushless Shave Cream? It's not greasy, not heavy. Shave the way the champions do, with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. It's light and it's right. And now to Bill Stern and Ann Rutherford. Real five, Colgate's camera close-up of Ann Rutherford. Here is one of Hollywood's best-known stars. You've all seen Ann Rutherford starring in the Andy Hardy pictures... But Ann Rutherford starred in so many great pictures that she needs no introduction. So here she is in person, Ann Rutherford. Good evening, Bill. You want to know what I can do in sports? Well, first, Ann, I'd like to know about your latest picture. You well, I just finished one with Danny Kaye called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Now can we talk about sports? Now, huh? wait just a minute, Ann. Oh, skip, Hollywood. Bill, I want to get to sports. But Come on. people want to know, is Ann. Is this a sports show or isn't it? Well, yes, it is, Ann. But then it's... no buts. Just go on. Ask me a question about sports. Well... All right, Ann. Only to tell the truth, I didn't think that you knew very much about sports. Me? Not know about sports? Are you kidding? Would you like me to tell you all I know about sports? Okay, okay, Ann. Go ahead. Well, as a little girl, I used to play baseball. They used to call me babe. Hey, some guys still do. But to continue, I played first base, second base, third base, and fourth base. I was very agile. Then in the fall, I used to switch to football. Oh, in football, I'd play quarterback, halfback, and way back. But it was in tennis that I really hit my stride. I used to play doubles all by myself until somebody taught me how to dive off the 110-foot tower into a damp and sponge. hold it. Oh, Stop it, please. Did I say something wrong? Can you be serious for just a moment? Ann Rutherford, what do you know about sports? Anything? Yes. I know something about sports, if you want me to be serious. 
But I warn you, what I'd like to say about sports is not very pleasant to hear. Go on, Anne. Let's hear what you got on your mind. All right, Bill. Here goes. Our wounded soldiers are being forgotten. Oh, I know some of them are brought to ball games and a few are taken to other sporting events. But what about the ones who are too sick to move? Those boys love sports, too. So, instead of taking a few to sporting events, why not bring sporting events to them? Why can't the big league ball teams travel to the hospitals, and why can't the famous boxers and the great football teams stage special contests just for those boys? Because if it weren't for those boys, there wouldn't be any sports in this country. In fact, if it weren't for those boys, there wouldn't be any country. Thank you so much. Good luck and good night, Ann Rutherford. And that's the 3 mark for tonight. Next Friday night, we'll be back, same time, same stations. The next Friday night, we'll be broadcasting from the city of Pittsburgh, for next week begins our annual nationwide tour. As each week from now on, we'll be in whichever city has the nation's biggest football game getting ready to broadcast that game. And since the biggest football game next week will be in Pittsburgh, this program next Friday night at our usual time will come from Pittsburgh, where our guest will be the widely syndicated columnist Drew Pearson. So be sure and be with us next Friday night, same time as usual, when we greet you from the city of Pittsburgh with our special guest, the famous columnist Drew Pearson. See you then. And until then... I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now, until next Friday night at this very same time, this is Bill Stern for Colgate Shave Cream wishing you all a good, good night. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, had lots to say. He told you tales of sports heroes, the insight don't be really know. So listen in next Friday night. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. Ladies, it takes fat to make soap. Normally, America imports fats, but because there is famine abroad, there is no fat for export. Hence, our only source of additional fats is your kitchens. So if you want more soap, help out by taking your used kitchen fat to your butcher. He'll pay you four cents a pound. Don't waste. Waste fat. Miss Ann Rutherford appeared on this program courtesy of Samuel Goldwyn Productions. The Bill Stern Show tonight came from New York City. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.